I am Nicole Khalil, and you are listening to the This Is Woman's Work podcast. Let me start by saying this is likely to be one of the most personal episodes I'll ever do. It's the first podcast I'll have recorded since George Floyd's death, and doing anything other than speaking about it would feel very wrong, at least for me. And so I thought what I would do today is share a little bit of my story. I was born to a Mexican father and a German mother. Uh, I'm first generation American, and really for the bulk of my life, I've had the privilege of being perceived as a white woman. Um, I am half Mexican, though I don't speak Spanish. I did observe and experience what it was like to be a minority in this country through my father. I can remember as a small child, him being pulled over by a police officer and and not being sure why, maybe he was speeding, I have no idea. But as a young kid, I, I wasn't sure why. But what really sunk in for me was when the police officer asked my father what he did for a living and whether or not he sold drugs because my dad drove a nice car. And hearing more stories like that throughout my lifetime, and that one experience of actually being there, I can remember how angry I was. Like, I was just thinking of things I wanted to say and wanted to to do in my little brain at that time. And that was just a very small taste. Because again, for the bulk of my life, I've had the privilege of being perceived by others as white. So I haven't had to face those experiences or that racism myself. As I got older, high school and into college, I became also very interested in learning more about black history in America. I ended up becoming a sociology major which isn't important, but in in the course of that, I also earned a minor in Black Studies. There was something about the horrificness, is that a word, uh, of it that I, I just couldn't believe, couldn't understand how that could ever happen. And I thought by learning and by reading and, and by investing myself in it, maybe I could understand, which I, I don't. And maybe I would learn and be less likely to repeat anything that would, you know, create that type of thing. Basically, I wanted to make sure that I would always end up on the right side of history. And while I was in college, my parents uh, made the decision to become guardians uh, for five boys from Ghana. In that, one of these boys became my brother. I think of him as my brother. I think of his wife as my sister-in-law. I think of his daughter as my niece. And I think, uh, and I think this became even more personal, even more real as he began to share stories of his experience being a black young man in America. And I'm sure he hasn't even shared half of what's, happened or what he's faced, but I got some glimpses into it. So I share this, or rather, I don't share this because I think my experience compares to what black women, men, or children experience. I don't believe that at all. I'm not trying to say that I get it or I understand their experience because of mine. 
I'm not sharing this to infer that I have more knowledge or that I'm more aware than anybody else. If anything, I feel more shame because of my experiences, because of what I know and have seen throughout my life. I share this only because these experiences have shaped me, who I am, and how I see the world. And every week, people listen to this podcast where I share my beliefs, my opinions, experiences, and perspectives. And to not speak about racism, to go on to another topic, felt more wrong than the possibility and, and, and frankly, probability that I'm going to say some things wrong during the course of this episode. Because of these experiences, I firmly believe in white privilege and in gender privilege and heterosexual privilege and socioeconomic privilege. It isn't hard for me to believe that people are, are profiled, targeted, and murdered because of their skin color. I believe black people and women when they say they've been victims of microaggressions, harassment, assault. And I believe that I think because of my experiences. Nothing makes me angrier than when somebody makes a false claim because that makes everything harder for those with real experiences. But I believe of the people who are courageous enough to share their stories, to stand up for themselves, and in doing so, stand for others. There's only a very small percent of false claims. There's probably significantly less in numbers of false claims than there are of people with real experiences who don't come forward. And I believe even those people are brave too, in a different way, because they still have to choose to move forward and to put one foot in front of the other and to forgive if they choose to, and ultimately to live I feel shame because I've been, and I put this in, in air quotes, mostly living my values. Because the last few weeks have proven to me that I've been doing this only within a certain level of comfort. I've lived my experiences. I've heard people's stories and I've watched and observed the pain and anger of black people. And I've been quiet at times where I shouldn't have been. Racism is the worst pandemic we're living with. And while black lives are being harmed, it's white people who carry the blame. I'm listening to black voices, especially black women at this time. I'm listening with my heart and my head. I'm listening to learn, to change myself, and to be a witness to your stories and your pain. I won't stop listening and reading, and I'll remain committed. And I also believe the burden to eradicate racism shouldn't be passed from those responsible to those effective. I believe it requires white people to speak up, to stand with, to stand for the lives of black people. Glennon Doyle says that we can do hard things. I love that and it has become a mantra of mine. I also think that we can do seemingly contradictory things. We can be committed and imperfect. We can be confident and make mistakes. We can be brave and also feel fear. We can listen and we can also speak. That is my intention. That is where I'm coming from today. Anything I've said that's been wrong or hurtful or insensitive are unintentional blind spots or biases of mine. 
and I'm open to being educated and growing. I'm also sure there are people listening whose buttons have been pushed, who see things very differently than I do, and that I've risked relationships, business, and and again, air quotes, followers. Followers is such a weird term for me. Anyway, I don't love that, but I can live with it. I have a quote that hangs in my office, shocking I know, that says, the woman you're becoming will cost you people, relationships, spaces, and material things. Choose her over everything. I'm doing that today because feeling comfortable in my own skin, because being able to look my brother and my niece and black women in the eye is more important than anything to me. So there you have it. And here's where I'll leave it for today. I set out to redefine what it means to be doing woman's work. That's the mission of this podcast. One of our greatest opportunities, as I see it, is how we as women show up for other women, how we speak of other women, how we support other women, how we celebrate other women, how we love and lift up other women, and how we stand for the inherent value and worth that we all have as women. Until I, until we, honor, salute, and fight with Black women this mission can't be accomplished. So white women, I ask that we don't leave black women to do all of the necessary work. We may all show up differently in our own unique ways with our own different strengths, our own stories, resources, voices, and abilities, but we must show up as if lives depended on it because they do. And because showing up for others is something women have done since the beginning of time. Listening, loving, nurturing, having empathy. We can do that. Speaking, fighting, standing up for what we know is right. We can do that too. We can do seemingly contradictory things. And this, my friends, my sisters, is woman's work. <laughs>